Well, hello and welcome to the All Things Least podcast, or the ATL podcast for short. It's episode 9. Thank you for tuning in, downloading and listening as always. My name's Ed. Please say that I'm joined in the studio today, as ever, by a Leeds United fan and my good friend Charles Foster. How are you, Charles? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad than this morning. Uh, just me and you in the studio today, but still plenty of stuff to go over. We'll be looking back briefly on the game last week that saw Leeds United beat Swansea City 2-1 at Ellen Road. We'll also have a listen to a chat I had last week with Leeds United legend Tony DiRigo as well. Uh, we'll also be looking over the Leeds United under-23s. Two wins for them this past week, in the past few days. A few first-team players taking part in both of those games as they're coming back from injury, so we'll be discussing that as well as looking over the under-23s who have signed new contracts at the club this week. Uh, speaking of players with injuries, news came out that our highest goal scorer this season, striker Kemar Roof, is out of injury. Awful news there. However, good news in the fact that Spygate is now over. £200,000 fine handed to Leeds. No points deduction, thank goodness. Uh, we'll be finishing off by looking ahead to Leeds United's game this Saturday. Season take on Bolton Wonders at Ellenwood. Plenty of stuff coming up. <laughs> Well, uh, let's start then, shall we? Uh, with the game last week, Leeds United's game last week, we'll just go over that uh, very quickly, as it was exactly a week ago, last Wednesday night. 2 1 win uh, over Swansea City at Ellen Road. A really good game, this one, and a really good performance by Leeds as well. Yeah, great performance by Leeds, especially in the first half. We, we, we played quite, really quite well, created a lot of chances. We're unusually clinical, <laughs> and we could have had a few more. To be honest, we could have been falling up at half time. Yeah, I mean, we, we dominated this game from the first minutes of the eighth minute. Really, it was the last ten minutes or so that were quite, uh, quite nervy uh, for Leeds United. But um, yeah, it was really, it was really you know dominant performance from Leeds United, and a two-one scoreline probably should have, been, and you know, it should have been a lot more of a convincing scoreline. Yeah, two-one makes it sound that. It kind of makes it look like, oh yeah, they beat them, but it was pretty close. It it wasn't. It just won. We we, we should have been, we should have beaten them three or four nil. Yeah, we really should have done. But um, yeah, yeah, we we scored two good goals. We got three points at this stage of the season. It's all about getting the three points. No matter really how you get them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the season, October, November, December, those are the time for good performances. Now we're in the. Uh, I think we just passed the two thirds point in the season. Uh, so this is the time where we need to start grinding out wins. Although we, this wasn't a grind out, but uh, we, we need to get, we get wins by any means possible. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah, three points is all that matters. But you mentioned the goals there. Really good goals as well. Uh, first one uh, coming on the 20th minute, Pontus Janssen. Uh, stemmed from a corner. It was cleared out as far as Alioski on the edge of the box. His shot was deflected into the path uh, of Pontus Janssen. Then on the turn, he hit it first time with his weaker left foot. Uh, getting into that bottom left hand corner, really, really good finish from Pontus Jansen. Uh, he's, you know, he's a defender as well, but you know he used to play striker in his early days. But he's been playing defence uh, for years and years, so real good finish from him. Yeah, great finish. It was a fair play to Alioski for having a pop, and um, I saw a lot of Swansea fans, and I think one of the two of the, the maybe one or two of their players, I'm not too sure, but definitely what Swansea fans were saying that it was offside because I think Ailing was offside when the ball fell to Jansen, and it looked like they were all three of them. Jansen was the only one that was onside, but. Yeah, it was a great turn, great finish, and he was definitely onside because he was being played on by at least one Swansea defender. Yeah, yeah, definitely onside. Um, but then you you seem to be a lot more impressed by the second goal that we scored uh, just uh, 40 minutes later, 34th minute. Uh, Alioski, uh, I mean, it was a good move, really. I look back at it, and the entire move from 
the goalkeeper Casilla up until the goal. It, it was a really good overall move. Alioskis crossing and then uh, Jack Harrison with the header catching their keeper out. It was a really good goal. Yeah, it was a, it was a crossfield ball from Luke Ayland that found Alioski. That it was one of the rare times we switched wings. I mean, obviously we we try it a lot, but often we don't. Uh, they don't find each other that well. He found Alioski and who took it down while running, so we, we gained a lot of ground there. And then, uh, obviously, they've they've worked. Jack Harrison was saying in an interview that him and Alioski have worked on those kind of situations to get him more involved in the goal scoring. So yeah, it was it was a good chipped ball and a, gr- a great glancing header. So I, it was just a good move. I was more impressed. I thought the Janssen goal, while good, was a bit more fortunate. This wasn't fortunate. This was designed. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that got us 2 0 up, though. I mean, nothing less than what we deserved. We, we really were dominant this game. The only threat for Swansea, really, uh, was Dan James, of all people. Dan James, he looked good, and I was watching him thinking, man, if we had Dan James, we'd, we'd walk this league towards the end of the season. I'm not too sure if we'd walk the league, but I think he'd make things easier with, with his pace for breaking down uh, team defences and getting back, uh, by the fullback. Yeah, because we don't have that pace, do we? It's, well, especially without uh, Jack Clark out uh, sick. Um, yeah, they, they they were a lot better when Ollie, Ollie Burney came on. You can really tell that he's their best player. He um, he had a bit more physical presence, a bit of pace, and he he carved out the chance for their penalty as well yeah. um, in the second half because he, he he fed the ball through and then obviously <laughs> Luke Ailey made a mistake, but it was still he still fed the ball through. Yeah, um, but I mean two 0 should have been three 0 very shortly after Patrick Bamford missing an absolute sitter here. Uh, cross from Pablo Hernandez, yep. header from about six yards out. How he doesn't score this is beyond. Well, we, we couldn't really believe that he missed it. Could be the chance it was. We all thought he was going to head it in when, it, when the ball came to him. I mean, Pablo uh, puts them kind of balls in all the time, and uh, I think Roof scored. Uh, Roof scoring against Ipswich with that kind of ball, uh, just one over the top, and uh, Roof scored it. But yeah, Bamford just. He literally headed it straight at the keeper. If he headed it anywhere else, he'd have scored. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it should have been three or four nil by half time. But it, it wasn't two nil at half time. But we continue to dominate into the second half. Get still getting plenty of chances here as well. And you know, it, it we conceded penalty late on. It was nearly the last fifteen minutes. You want to talk about game management, though, don't you? We, we were talking up here. Yeah, was, we were talking off off uh, off air about the. Uh, Fair, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the 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 game management because I thought even even before their penalty on the kind of the seventy fifth uh, minute onwards, we we just we kind of let our foot off the gas. We, we sat back. We we stopped doing what we normally do. We stopped pressuring the ball. We we, we just kind of thought right two nil seventy five minutes in. We're at home. This game's won, and that's not how the championship works. No, <laughs> you need to play it for the full ninety minutes. Otherwise, as uh, QPR found out last night, you get punished. Um, Do you think that's a weakness of uh, Bielsa's game? Then he he can't seem to quite think. All right, how are we going to see this game out? I don't. I wouldn't say it's a weakness in the game because it's not like Bielsa's told him to just sit back after seventy five minutes. Bielsa will never tell his players to sit back. No. I think what the players, honestly, I think the players will have thought we've got this. Um, we don't need to do as much running about now because obviously they do a lot of running about during the game. We, we can just see this out. And you could see Janssen was telling everyone to calm down because Swansea had a couple of free kicks and Casilla caught one yeah. from uh, from Matt Grimes. And a really good game, Casilla, this game. Yeah, he did. Uh, I was extremely annoyed at Luke Ayling for costing him his first clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, which I was, t- was talking to you about. But yeah, um, 
What was I saying? You've distracted me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Luke Ayling there, costing uh, Kassir a clean sheet. Of course, it was Ayling who gave away a penalty on uh, uh, the uh, 87th minute. A stupid challenge, this one, wasn't it? Yeah, he was running away from goal. Luke, Luke Ayling could have just shepherded him to the byline. Yeah, and then, I mean, he was going nowhere, there, player. I mean, the, the worst that would have happened were he would have conceded a corner. That was the worst that was going to happen. The, be, the best, obviously, would have been a goal kick. But, uh, and corner, we could have dealt with the corner, moved on, between 2-0. Um, sticking a leg in like that, when you turn up at home in a, in a game you need to win with uh, 87th minute yeah and because of the referee they had another 8 minutes left to, to do something yeah um, yeah, it was clumsy. It was a, it was a silly decision. Yeah, definitely uh, from Luke Ayling. And you know, Oli McBurney he stepped up as always. You know, the class of him, he, he's going to score uh, a penalty two uh, one. Really, really nervy. As I say, there were four minutes of added time. Referee ended up playing about six minutes of added time. I think he, he was kind of annoyed at Casillas time wasting here. Um, I love that though, Casillas. He's, he's come to Leeds and he's already time wasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't just him though. Everyone was time wasting. Yeah. But, but he was particularly time wasting off kind of offside free kicks and things like that. He just it meander over to the ball, pick that up, meander back over, put it down, move the ball, shepherd everyone up the field. It took him about. It's, I think it took him a minute to take one of the free kicks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, two one, really nervy. But it shouldn't have been nervy, you know. We, if we bury our chances that we had, especially in the first half, Patrick Bamford that really good chance um, um, after we went two two nil up, you know, three four nil the game should have been dead and buried a lot, you know, a long time ago. But <laughs> it got it got really really nervy, didn't it? If we buried our chances, we'd be twenty points clear, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the uh, the thing uh, throughout the season. Uh, but our defense saw it out, defense and midfield. It really, I mean, standout players for me: Pontus Janssen, Liam Cooper, and Calvin Phillips. Those three there, the triangle, triangle <laughs> it, they were just brilliant this game the holy trinity what what, what, a, what a bunch of players that that triangle there is what's got us to where we are in the league as much as Kemal Ruff's goals and Pablo Nanzi's magic that triangle there when the, when they've all been playing together and they've all been uh, orchestrating the games we've been playing they've won a, if, if we if we go up or win the league they, they'll have won it for us mm. um, but yeah I mean those three were just incredible Calvin Phillips probably had his best game in a league shirt, league United shirt. <laughs> yeah. and I didn't even give him a man of the match that's how good Pontus Janssen was I did <laughs> I, I gave Pontus Janssen a man of the match for his leadership towards the end of the game because it was leading leading everyone really you were he was, just, he was just telling everyone to settle down because he could tell that everyone was getting a bit nervy and putting in stupid challenges. Which, <laughs> and then about five minutes later, Luke Ayling didn't listen to him and put in a stupid challenge. Yeah. And you could tell he was he was fuming with Luke Ayling about giving the penalty away as well. You could see it. He's, yeah, definitely. Mm. But I mean, for his goal as well, and because it was his birthday, I, I just felt a bit a bit harsh not not giving him giving him it. But all three of them just incredible for me Liam Cooper no one seemed to mention him uh, Matthaus Click as well he had a really, really good game uh, for once he, he's he been yeah I mean too, too great uh, yeah it's two goals against Robin but he hasn't been too great I didn't. I didn't notice him much, but perhaps that's a good thing because every time I seem to notice Klitsch, it's because it's, he's doing. It's some, he's having a bad game. Yeah, it's because he's not doing certain things. But he, yeah, he, he won the ball quite high, high up the field a few times. Some nice interlinking play with Roof, and yeah, he had a decent game. Yeah. Um, I thought the everyone's moaning about the left hand side with Alioski and Harrison. They <laughs> they combined for the second goal, so you yeah. can't even moan about that. Yeah, I thought they had a really good game. I, I, overall, I think everyone played the part. And, it was just overall a really good performance. I don't, th- I don't think anyone had a poor performance. No. Uh, but, well, 2-1 to Leeds' final score, obviously. Um, and Norwich lost 3-1 away at Preston that night. So that, um, just a three points took us one point clear at the top of the championship. <laughs> but we had no game last Saturday, thanks to Queen's Park Rangers' involvement in the uh, FA Cup. Cheers, the lads. After that. <laughs> um, everyone else played, though. Um, and pretty much every result 
just think did not go our way. Norwich beat Bolton away 4-0. Sheffield United beat Reading 4-0 at home. West Brom 2-0 in the end, was it? Yeah, uh, Middlesbrough won as well. Yeah, Middlesbrough won on the Sunday, 1-0. Um, Almost nobody drew or lost. It was ridiculous yeah, how it and been. Then, and then um, Tuesday night as well, uh, West Brom away at QPR. QPR the, uh, scored twice to to level the game and then West Brom in the last minute. Um, I was I was not happy about that. Yeah, so th- so this is how the table stands then. So Norwich the top of the league on uh, 63 points. Sheffield United the second on 61. We're third uh, on goal difference. Uh, but we do have a game in hand uh, on the teams uh, on Norwich and Sheffield United. Um, we also have a game in hand uh, on West Brom now as well because they played on Tuesday night. Uh, they're one point behind us though. So we need to win our game in hand against Queen's Park Rangers um, next Tuesday. Definitely. Uh, but Middlesbrough, uh, they're not too far behind as well. But I mean, you look at the top four, though, how tight is that? I mean, everyone's, you know, I think everyone's just saying, you know, it's always kind of tight, really. It just wasn't tight last season because Wolves were about 15 points ahead of everyone else. But, uh, yeah, four points separate the top four teams is ridiculous. This is the kind of league where, oh, this this season <laughs> has the kind of league where if you were neutral, you'd absolutely love it because you don't really know who's going to win. And it's, it is one of the best parts about the championship is that anyone in any given season can win it really, unlike the Premier League where three clubs can win it, mm. uh, realistically. Um, but, yeah, um, four points separate the top four. Uh, <laughs> it couldn't really have gone worse for us the weekend. I mean, especially if we'd have played and won, I wouldn't have cared really. Because you just stay where you are, don't you? It doesn't really change. You just everyone goes up by a few points. But yeah. thanks to QPR and Watford, we now have to sit and suffer the uh, the people on Leeds United Twitter and Facebook who yeah. just make it out like we're getting relegated. Yeah, I mean, it was like the most Leedsiest weekend ever. We didn't even play. <laughs> everyone were like, "Oh, our season's over now." We didn't even play. Oh, what, Chill out. What wound me up was just the people on these these banter pages and other other teams' oh, Twitter were all like, "Oh yeah, banter on Facebook." That was uh, yeah. Leeds are falling apart again. Didn't actually play, did we? Though <laughs> you, you bug. <laughs> but I mean, two very good footballing teams are going to miss out on the automatic promotion places this season and it's, it's going to be tough I mean last season I'm a bit worried we're going to be one of those two teams mate, I'm, I'm not honestly mate I'm not being uh, pessimistic or depressed or anything like that I just think the, at the moment at this moment in time Sheffield United and Norwich are more consistent than we are mm. and consistency is what gets you up in this league if we if we can turn that on a bit and go on another run like we did on that seven game winning streak I think we'll be fine but it's the case of doing that <laughs> yeah. it's not easy but yeah of course we got um, Bolton at home uh, this weekend we'll uh, preview that shortly but some big games this weekend as well with um, on, on a Saturday night uh, West Brom uh, at home against Sheffield United that's massive and one team's going to drop points so if we beat Bolton then you know we're staying up near the top uh, and in the top two you'd imagine um, need a draw really from that game yeah um, but that's that's how the table's looking uh, Charles are you still optimistic about the season <laughs> Of course I will. I'll never not be optimistic about about league season. I mean, towards the back of the last season, I was I was struggling to to to, to keep my interest uh, in in going to the games every week because we we were just awful. But yeah. uh, and it was just spending money, but <laughs> for no reason sometimes. But this, yeah, I am optimistic. I am really optimistic. Um, I think I think we are going to go far. We just need to. We need to do what Sheffield United do because every time Sheffield United plays someone low down the table, they slap them about. We don't really do that. <laughs> no. We don't really slap anyone about. If we win, we make it hard in the in the traditional Leeds way of making it unnecessarily hard for ourselves. But uh, if we if we we need for the next three games, we need seven points. Yeah, that's a, that, at least, that, that's a minimum. That's not what we can get away with 
dropping points against Bolton QPR. They, those need to be two wins, and we can probably, we'd, I'd accept a point against West Brom. I, I, I want the three, obviously, because we're at home, but seven points I'd be satisfied with. Yeah, yeah. unlike a lot of Leeds fans, I am still fairly optimistic about this season. I'll tell you who is very optimistic. <laughs> Leeds United <laughs> legend Tony Rigo, uh, he's very optimistic about this season. As we spoke to him last week, didn't we? Tony Rigo, one of the nicest people. He is a, he's a top bloke. Top bloke. But, you know, you, you look at all these footballers, they seem to, you know, they, they feel like the God's gift. Tony Rigo, absolute gentleman. Uh, but now, if you don't know who he is, if, if you were... Uh, born quite a while after if you're not sure about that team uh, former left back who joined Leeds in 1991 and left in 1997 in his first season at the club he won the 1992 first division title as well as a fans' player of the year um, and then shortly after won the charity shield a true club legend um, definitely and we spoke to him last week amazing guy and uh, uh, he was just telling us how impressed he's been with Leeds United this season the difference I think in the change around from what we were in the previous seasons is remarkable isn't it because if you think we've got the same players and Marcelo Bielsa comes in changes the complete attitude of the club of the players the style and we're playing I think a brand of football that everyone likes and enjoys uh, high tempo with great ability and we're up near the top so uh, long may it continue we've still got a few games to go and mm-hmm. what we of course all want is promotion uh, but I do think we're in a great great position and you mentioned Marcelo Bielsa. He seems to have had a massive impact at mm. Leeds United. Just what are your overall thoughts on Bielsa? Uh, well, I knew a lot about Bielsa before, obviously with his, his national uh, coaching career. Then he's obviously Marseille, Lazio. Volatile in that I remember his time at Lazio when uh, obviously he had agreed to get four, five, six players before pre-season. He then comes back to, to Rome. Those players didn't arrive and he walks. So it's clearly very uh, strong-minded and very, uh, I suppose, dedicated to, to a style of play and, and a way of managing. Uh, and I thought when Leeds got him, I thought, well, this could go two ways. This could be very, very good or a complete disaster. Uh, because, you know, that style in the championship, how is it going to last? How is it going to do? Well, I've been proved wrong in that. Uh, he's been fantastic. And to have the same players that we had last season, to get them to play such a different way with the confidence that they're playing with, is down to the manager. Uh, and, it, and he is a manager in the true sense of the word, in that he gets the best out of the players that he's got, not go and spend 50 million and, and you know make a better side. So he's been, been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, doing a fantastic job. But at the moment, the team are going through a tricky patch at the time mm. we're talking. Just two wins in the past seven championship games. Mm. Every team seems to go through a patch like this. Why, why do you think that is? And what do you think Leeds United need to do to try and get back to winning games regularly? Uh, I think the Championship is a really, really difficult league. I'm not going to say average league, because that's wrong. I think it's um, quite level. So I think you look at the top you know, half of the table, anyone could beat anyone. It, it's proven that by the points tallies that Norwich have got and that we've got. You know, No one's streaking away with it. There isn't a Wolverhampton Wanderers with that sort of class of, of last season. And for us, I think the style that we play is a winning style, absolutely. But what we can't keep doing is giving goals away. So we keep giving the first goal away. And OK, we keep coming back and showing great fight, great spirit, which is commendable, but can we not get ahead <laughs> and not show that and just run away with it 2 or 3 nil? I feel like we're going to give someone a hiding 3 or 4 nil because the other issue I think uh, we've got is that we take too many chances to score goals. So we need to be a bit more ruthless in front of goal because our possession stats, uh, the areas of the pitch we dominate and the, the shots on target all say you know we are dominating games. Well, you, you need to dominate the scoreline then and we're not doing that. So that's the only thing I would say. But after that, if we keep doing the right things, we'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, we, everyone's going to have a bit of a, a lull. Uh, hopefully this is ours. We've got a couple of players coming back as well uh, from injury. So if Bambi, uh, sorry, if Bamford, Bambi, geez, that's a long time ago. <laughs> if Bamford can get back fit, uh, like we know, that would be amazing. And of course, Izzy Brown, if we can get him involved, that would be great as well. Yeah, and you mentioned the 
goals that Leeds United are conceding to yeah. try and uh, help stop that brought in Kiko Casilla from Real Madrid new yeah. goalkeeper to replace Bailey Pigot Farrell uh, now of course you were a defender left back how important is it for the defence to have a goalkeeper behind them not just play you know regularly but also you know some a goalkeeper they're confident in very important I think it's important to know exactly what your co-defenders are going to do and you work as a unit that, that is the most important thing everyone has to be on the same wavelength I think Bailey Peacock Farrell did fantastic you know absolutely wonderful young keeper he'll have uh, a lot more years ahead of him he made one or two little mistakes but not too many at all and I, I thought he was tremendous but Kiko's a cut above simple as that for me he exudes confidence absolutely so if he was behind me I know exactly you know what's going on we're lucky to have him uh, he pulled off an incredible save at Rotherham which kind of you know saved us. Then we come back and, and won two one. And he's learning as well about the, the championship. But yeah, he looks very very confident and uh, a good goalie. Yeah, we've also seen the defence chopping change as well. Players stepping in, Calvin Phillips, a number of uh, different fullbacks as well. Is it important for you though that you know the defence stays the same and consistent throughout the season, or the players not mind the chopping and changing? They do mind. Uh, I think it's important that uh, you do have that understanding, and for that you need to play together. Uh, you know, week in week out. I realise now with the, the amount of games we've got, sometimes that's going to change. And of course, the injuries, it will change again. But if you keep that to a minimum, you know, that is certainly better. Uh, and everyone gets an understanding. Now we've got a new keeper as well. So we're still integrating you know, a few players at a time. But I, I think what has been important is clearly the pre-season and all the training sessions under Marcelo in that I think every single defender knows what's expected of him. And so when someone does come in, it's not new. It's a case of I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how I'm supposed to do it. And you get on with it. And I think that's, that's kind of what you've seen. Yeah, and uh, finally, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Do you think Leeds United will win promotion this season? Do you see the, the kind of stuff in the team too that could possibly get promoted this season? Could possibly. Come on, be confident, man. <laughs> yes, we're going up. Of course we are. Uh, I think uh, I don't see anything out there that's going to scare us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think our best 11 is as good as, if not the best 11 in the championship. We've got to just stop those injuries. And after that, I think our home form, it's important that the crowd get behind us. And if we can stop leaking the first goal, uh, I think we'll be OK. But is it going to be easy? No. That's not the Leeds way, is it? But uh, I think we are going to do it. Leeds United legend there, Tony Rigo. We hope you uh, all enjoyed that. Very optimistic there uh, is uh, Tony. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about, really, from that. First of all, his, his uh, opinions on Bielsa. And I definitely agree with him, you know, to come in with the same players from last season who struggled so much and to come and have the impact that he has had, it's remarkable. Yeah, um, <laughs> you've always like it's like one of them, you know, one of them sports films you sometimes see come out of like Hollywood, where there's, there's, there's a thing like Coach Carter, where they just send in like a, a really talented coach and there's a bunch of underperforming players, and then they go ahead and win win the championship or win the league or something like that. So it is very similar to one of them. Also, uh, I know we we didn't. Uh, we haven't talked about this before, on, but apparently there's been film crews around Ellen Road, so we might end up with our own version of Sunderland till, uh, <laughs> Sunderland till we die on I Netflix. Don't, I don't think I'd, if we don't go up, I won't enjoy that. I probably won't watch it. <laughs> no, no, I, but if we do go up, I think they'll release it. Yeah, definitely. That'd, definitely. Be, that'd be awesome. Um, anyway, back on topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a big fan of Bielsa, is, is Durigo. He... Um, he he, re he reckons that uh, the, the the style of play is, is so different uh, from from last year, which we I think we all agree well, with. It definitely, yeah, yeah, it's so much better and so much more, so much more crisp and creative and just kind of dominant than we've had in previous years. And and he's a he's a I mean obviously he's a little bit biased as a former Leeds player for for a few years, but he's he's a huge fan of him. Yeah, definitely, and you know, kind of Bielsa's Bielsa's impact of a club. You were saying it is kind of similar to uh, Wilkinson when he came into Leeds. He came into Leeds, uh, a lot of underperforming players, 
finished fourth in the first season in the first division, then of course won the league straight after. So you, you kind of you were kind of uh, saying off, you know off air there uh, that they kind of have the same impact really. Well, yeah, because it, it, uh, I think Wilco came in uh, after Eddie Gray and Billy Brennan had been managing, and they they were kind of just near the near the bottom of the second division, kind of lower mid table, and the, the the players weren't really achieving much. They were kind of getting away with not doing much training and dr- going out drinking on the weekends and stuff like that. And um, of course, Wilco was famously a disciplinarian, and so is Bielsa. They're, they're very similar in that aspect. They 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 expect they demand respect and they demand absolute work rate from their players, and they achieve results because of it. And so they kind of this this kind of there's similarities between that 89-90 season where we got promoted out of the second division along with Sheffield United and and the and this season where we might end up promoted with Sheffield United if things <laughs> things go a certain it's way. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, also, it was on about the um, our season go, going forward. We keep on conceding first goal of Swansea game, first game in eight that we hadn't conceded first. That does seem to be a problem, doesn't it? And it kind of links with uh, the other thing that we're saying. With the, I asked him about the defence. They were saying the players need to kind of play together every week to get that understanding so it kind of kind of links together really well it's like we were saying we, we need the triangle when Adam Forshaw's in the team we don't have the triangle do we no. um, we have that when we have Calvin Phillips in defensive midfield and uh, and uh, Jansen and Liam Cooper in, in the centre of defence um, they, they've got a great partnership and we, we need to keep these partnerships because obviously with Barry Douglas being out that's another partnership lost they've got to build it up with Alioski and then once Douglas is back they've got to rebuild it with, with Douglas it's these kind of chop and changes which which um, you can afford to do with wingers and forwards, but you can't really afford to do with your defence very much because no. defensive partnerships are, I think, more more important than attacking partnerships yeah. for, for, the, for the, the kind of relationships that you need. Yeah, and I think that's why you know we've been clever with uh, Kiko Xeo coming in. Um, he's come in and he's played every game since the Rotherham game. You know, you, you don't want to keep on taking goalkeepers out either. It kind of works all the same. Uh, but ve- very interesting uh, very interesting talk there. We'll listen to the second one now uh, that I had with Tundurigo. And he was telling me just how his move to Leeds came about. I was at uh, Chelsea previously. Then, obviously, I, I saw the lights. I, I made a big mistake uh, signing for Chelsea. and <laughs> needed to get out of there and come to Leeds. No, I think at the time when I was at Chelsea, we had some really good players. And we could uh, certainly challenge. But I think off-field issues meant that uh, the idea of winning something was something very, very difficult. So I wanted to win things, uh, so I decided to, to move on. I uh, had to wait for my contract to run out. Uh, I could have had one or two other uh, clubs to go to, Glasgow Rangers certainly being one of them. But then Leeds came in, uh, and Howard you know, met me and was very forceful in wanting me to sign. And uh, it's nice as a player, I think, to feel wanted. Uh, I really like the fact that um, you know, you'd, you'd been promoted finished fourth and then he was still looking to improve again myself Steve Hodge Rod Wallace was the idea of bringing some uh, you know England internationals in as well so I thought you know what you've got some great players there and maybe one or two of us could help and then away we go so uh, yeah he convinced me to, to come to Leeds and uh, good decision <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned uh, winning trophies there and you won a trophy in your first season at Leeds United mm. the uh, 92 uh, first division title the last time the top flight of English football was called the first division when you look back on your time at Leeds is that the moment that sticks out for you and what memories can you can you share from your time yeah, at Leeds yeah uh, Absolutely, um, because if you, you look at a season, top level, it's a long old, long old season. So many games, and to be the best of uh, you know, any team in England uh, at that point is uh, is pretty impressive. So you go through ups and downs, but uh, to stick together as we did uh, and grow as a team, uh, some of the performances that season were, were fantastic. You know, Villa away, Sheffield Wednesday away. You know, big games were on telly. Like now they're all on telly, but then the focus was you know very much on us and the way we played in, in some of those games was was fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's a very special thing because it momentum. 
and you know obviously your form uh, as an individual and as a team just gets better and better and better and uh, yeah to, to win it at the end of it was uh, something very very special and uh, you know you don't know if it's going to happen again or not it, it didn't but tell you what yeah it did happen and uh, we were certainly uh, thankful for that so yeah that's a very special year for me yeah and you uh, played very well that season of course won the uh, players uh, fancy player of the year rather um, how did that feel uh, winning the uh, fancy player of the year you know the Leeds fans are famous for their support so how did that feel very very special but also I think it could have gone to you know any one of Ten of us, to be honest, because uh, some great performances, you know, throughout that season, that midfield, you know, was was incredible. Uh, but yeah, I feel honoured simply because normally when when clubs are winning things, uh, you know, it's the striker or your, your midfielder that, that gets the, the glory type of thing. But uh, for a little old fullback to, to get it was uh, was very nice. So uh, yeah, I'll always be thankful for that. And you played with uh, many great players uh, at your time at Leeds: Gordon Strachan, Chapman, uh, dare I say, uh, Eric Cantona as well, um, and also Gary Speed as well. Now keeping it all things Leeds, who was the best player you played with at Leeds United? It's very difficult to single one out because uh, we had some great players at that time, but you look at that midfield, to be honest, and uh, Strack, the experience that he had, but the way that he played and led the side was was wonderful. Uh, then you got Gary McAllister with the ball at his feet, you know, the passing ability, where he controlled the game where it was magnificent. Gary Speed, who played in front of me, uh, never a better player to play with because he had everything he wanted to help out, uh, left foot, right foot, tackled, could take people on, headers, you know, you name it, he had it. But I suppose the one slightly unsung hero for me on the outskirts, not so much for Leeds fans, obviously, was David Batty. I thought he was just tremendous and, uh, you know, he had a great season that season as well. And I think he really instigated the tempo in so many games right at the start. It was a Batty tackle, you know, that, that suddenly got everything going and off we went again. So... I thought he was, uh, you know, had a huge part to play. And going back onto that uh, '92 uh, season, you were part of a team who, who, of course, were successful. And you know the types of players that are needed and the characteristics that the players need to be successful at Leeds United. Do you see those types of players at Leeds United currently? And do you see, the, do you think that they have the characteristics to go on and win that promotion at the end of the season? Mm. Uh, I think you're, you're right in the point that you have to be a, a special type of player and understand the, the pressures and what have you of playing at Ellen Road. But if you do, you turn that in your favour, and it's such a boost. And I think our team, we certainly had big characters. You know, we'd played a lot of us international football, so we'd been on, uh, you know, biggest of stages. Um, but even so, you know, when you've got that passion behind you, maybe things don't go quite right. You need to be able to handle that correctly. Uh, and I do think, obviously, in in the last 10, 12, 15 years, uh, some players have found found wanting at that. Simple as that. But I think this group of players are, are learning and getting better and better. At that, and I do think the way they stick together and come back in games is uh, is commendable. They have a spirit as a, as a unit, you know, not individually, a, a togetherness, which is pretty impressive. And that reminds me of that time. So, um, uh, still plenty to go, 15 games, still a long way to go, and they will be tested again and again and again. But the signs are very good. And um, just on you as well, uh, so you stopped playing football in 2001, and we've seen you do a lot of TV work, radio work. You're now getting into a career of modelling. Modelling, obviously. <laughs> Paris, Milan, yes, they'll be on the phone, but don't worry, going nowhere, it's fine. <laughs> um, did you ever uh, want to try and get into coaching at all? Uh, I have got my uh, some badges, did all that. I got offered an assistant job at a, at a championship club. Didn't think that was quite right. I then went to TV, had a full-time three-year TV deal. So I think whatever you do, you've got to really want to do it and then you, you'll enjoy it that much more. Uh, I wasn't completely convinced. Uh, the TV and the media stuff I really enjoy. So uh, I still do uh, a lot of TV now. I do uh, City Arco comms, I do uh, Europa League, Champions League. I go out to the Middle East, I do a lot of stuff, So uh, which is nice. However, I now do lots of Leeds United stuff, which is brilliant. So I see every single game, I do Leeds United TV. And so I build everything around uh, Leeds, to be honest, because um, yeah, it's good to be back and it's 
it's good to uh, to see I think some positive people and the team everything is going in the right direction and it's a, it's a great place to be so uh, yeah coaching I tell you what look how young I look you see that's why <laughs> have you seen managers for God's sake they're bald they've got nowhere they're grey they're yeah. me no I'm fine it's good so I can look from the outside Tony, you're there. Uh, very interesting talk uh, there about uh, his career. Uh, just one thing that we want to go over uh, was when I asked him about his favourite player uh, at his time at Leeds, he said David Batty. Bit surprised about that. Yeah, well, yeah, most people say say Gordon Strachan because of his kind of. It was, it was a bit like similar to Pablo Hernandez in his in his ability to kind of maestro aside, but obviously to a much greater degree with uh, with Strachan. And he kind of. Um, he was kind of the catalyst that got Leeds out of the second division. He was. Uh, despite being in his. In his uh, in his thirties, he, he really was in prime physical condition. He was um, just just absolute magic for for that team. In the same way, in, in a similar way to, although to not quite as great a degree that Hernandez is to this team. Yeah, uh, but you look at that midfield four though; they were just incredible, wasn't it? Gary Speed, Gon Shacken, McAllister, and Batty, all, all four of them were were great. Um, yeah, but yeah, really Amazing. interesting talk there from uh, Tony Rigo. Really good insight. Uh, but uh, let's move on to the Leeds United 23s then, uh, shall we? Let's start with their two games. Uh, the first first one being on Friday night away at Neverpool Park in uh, Guiley. Uh, they beat uh, Notts County 2-1. Uh, cup competition, uh, this one. Uh, Izzy Brown getting on the score sheet here. We've seen him on the bench in the past few championship games. I can't wait to see him involved, though. He he's always seems to be scoring for the 23s. Yeah, I think it was a penalty this one. He got... He got um... Yeah, he got a through. He brought down a through ball in the box, and he just got hacked down, and he uh, put with a penalty quite nicely. I mean, he won't be practicing that skill much in the senior team because we don't get penalties in the senior team. But <laughs> it's nice to see him. Uh, I think he's got is it six goals in eleven appearances for the uh, under twenty threes, which is an excellent really, record. Really good record. I mean, young twenty threes. You know, you say what you want, but it's, it's still not too easy really he's still, he's still playing competitive uh, football matches um, but we'll of course go on to the uh, of course Kemar Roof injury we'll go on to that in a second whether Izzy Brown needs to play there but quite a lot of first team has played indeed uh, in this one uh, as well um, two games as well uh, of the past few days providing Dallas for Maine uh, to uh, being them uh, coming back from uh, injury uh, get through uh, half an hour of uh, this uh, first one, get through the uh, one on Monday uh, as well, which is a good sign, um, really. Dallas, I don't think he'll go straight in, whether you chuck him in at left-back when he gets back uh, match fit, I'm, I'm not sure. But Berardi for you, does he go straight in? <laughs> what I like about Berardi is the man tore the hamstring off his off his bone about three months ago and he's forced his way back in without surgery out of kind of sheer willpower <laughs> because he's a machine. <laughs> he just loves Leeds United and it shows the, the uh, will that, he, that you know, he really wants to get back out. Of well, he refused to have surgery so he, so he could contribute to the season. Yeah. Which is admirable. <laughs> it's great. I mean, Berardi, you know, you look at the when Chilino first came in and all the players that he brought in, Berardi is the only one from that who, who is still here and he's the only one who really, you know, wants to play for Leeds. And you saw it back then because there was that thing about where players were faking injuries to not play for Leeds. Berardi wasn't one of them. So. Six, not six, weren't they? Dakara was one of them. Uh, I think Belushi was one of them. Silvestri. Silvestri. He, he, he had a big bruise on his back. Something. Yeah, just just people people refusing to play for yeah. it. Disgraceful given the wages they were on, but yeah. he refused to to. He, or say he wanted to play, so he refused to do, do that kind of thing. Yeah. And Berardi's just kind of great. kind of set the tone for his Leeds career, really. <laughs> yeah, really good players, Bavardi. But yeah, does he go straight into that first team? Do we move to a back three maybe and Pontus? Keeper and I think Barry Douglas would thrive more in a back three, uh, yeah, and, and Alioski as well, and, and, and as a wing back. But uh, yeah. Um, 
the thing is on the, on the right hand side, Hernandez wouldn't be able to do a wing back type of role. He's not got the legs for it, so Hernandez would have to go back in the ten. Which uh, so you'd have to kind of comp- you'd have to, have to do a lot of thinking about where you'd put certain players. Yeah. Uh, I think Hernandez, for me personally, he's better as a number ten. Uh, I prefer him on the wing. He gets yeah. more space. Yeah, a lot of people say that, uh, but I mean, for me, I reckon that you do go to a back three: Berardi, Pontus, and uh, Cooper. Maybe risk chucking Berardi straight in, but. Yeah, for me, back three. Because Erlen, he always seems to be diving forward um, and, and, and keep on position defending. <laughs> Alioski as well. He seems to be holding Jack Harrison's hand the entire time yeah, he's going right. forward. Uh, Douglas <laughs> as well. He played left wing back when he got promoted to Wolves. I think that's the system that you kind of need to play. when. I mean, a lot of thinking to do when uh, we get players back fit. But That's why uh, Marcelo Bielsa gets paid £2 million a year, yeah. and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, some really good stuff there uh, with the uh, first teamers coming back. Uh, and then, of course, on Monday, the U23s beat Bolton Wanderers 2-0 on the road. Hopefully the first team can uh, can uh, produce the uh, same uh, three points. A uh, good crowd there as well, which is uh, great to see. I saw pictures of the crowd lining up as well uh, outside Ellen Road to get tickets for this one, uh, which is really good. Uh, a few stand-up players, though, for me. Uh, one being Adore, Clark Adore. He's, no one seems to talk about him, but I was really impressed with him this game, and I've been impressed with him all season. Yeah, there's there's, there's a few of them that go under the radar in the 23s. Alfie McCallum goes under the radar a bit, but he's an excellent deep-line midfielder. Um Great when it's kind of Calvin Calvin Phillips esque type player in the way that he's winning the ball back and finding the the passes into dangerous areas. Um, Adore, yeah, he's a good winger. Bobby Camwell, I've, I've been impressed with him when I've seen him. Mm. Although he's he's only just kind of made the jump from the under 18s to the under 23s. Uh, they all go under the radar because people are focusing on the likes of Clark and Shackleton and Edmondson and people like that. But there are there's there's a load of gems in there. It's just um, statistically. Only a couple of them were going to make it into the first team at Leeds. I mean, Leeds are one of the best clubs for bringing youth talent through, but even still, not many players make it from youth level to senior level at the no. same. Well, they do, but not at the same club. A lot, a lot of them will go through a youth level one club and then sign for a different club at senior level. Very few players go all the way through the youth level and then spend their entire career at Leeds. I think. Um, thinking of, uh, I think. In, in in Leeds history, I think one of the only players to spend his entire career at Leeds is Paul Maidley. Uh, he, he obviously he was born in Leeds, spent his entire career uh, at Leeds, and retired at Leeds. Yeah. Even Brendan, uh, oh, he's not from Leeds, he's from Scotland, but he he, he didn't finish his career at Leeds. No, um, could see Edmondson playing this game as well. Edmondson uh, playing against Bolton. Izzy Brown, he looked good. He struck me in this game as well. Izzy Brown, he's just so big as well. He's massive. six foot one, I think. And then with his hair as well, he just looks massive. Um, Hugo Diaz. Really, really good. Absolute baller is Diaz. Yeah, really, really good. And, <laughs> um, you know, holding midfielder. Um, d- does he deserve a, f- a first team shot, do you think? He got he got uh, his debut last year. Um, I think at Preston, we were there pressing away. I think we, we just started pl- playing youth players, didn't we? Because the season was over. So yeah. we, And um, uh, I was always impressed with him going forward. I wasn't overly impressed with him defending because he's. He's very skillful, but he does tend to overplay a little bit. So, um, yeah. But in but when he's when he's finding passes going forward, is uh, as you'll see from the highlights, his first the first goal in particular, in particular, the ball he sends through is absolutely filthy. <laughs> if if I if I find the strike, it, it, it was, it's um, 
John Stevens, yeah, yeah. Uh, and who rounds the keeper and, and uh, slots it in. It's but it's a, such a superb through ball. Yeah, I mean, it just it sliced the team open. If if <laughs> if we could do that against the senior team, I'd be uh, at the weekend. I'd, I'd appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Hugo <laughs> I, Diaz, a really standout player, and one to, one that you need to watch out for, really. Um, yeah, the most standout player for me though in this game has to be said, Robbie Goss. He was brilliant. Cost scored this second goal, a uh, really good goal as well from him. But Robbie Cox, he, he he looked great, and we you know we kind of got that hold there in that attacking midfield role in that forward role. So maybe he's you know, he's a bit unfortunate play. that he his positions are exactly the same as Jamie Shackleton's. Yeah, he, he can they both they both, both are similar players as well. Both have a lot of speed, and speed, skill. They can both play right back or attacking midfield. They're, they're very similar players. Uh, but Shackleton's been given the nod, whereas um, <laughs> Gotts hasn't, which is a shame because Gotts looks very impressive every time I see him play. Yeah, he looks very good. But um, I, actually, I would like to see him make the bench uh, at least on the, with the first team, and maybe, maybe get an appearance if we're, you know, in cruise control. That'd be nice to see him get a few minutes on the. Because uh, the thing is with youth players is um, if you chuck him in at the deep end, like we we have to do with Leif Davis, Aston Villa away, sometimes it's a bit sink or swim. Whereas if you chuck him in when we're two and up or three and up against Bolton, which I hope is the case at the weekend, <laughs> if you chuck if you chuck someone with ten minutes on to go, they can they can soak in the atmosphere out on the road without the pressure of of needing to really really perform. Like if it's one one in the 80th minute and we need to go on and win the game, that's not the right atmosphere for a youth player. If you're three or four nil up, you just go on, you run about a bit, win a couple of balls, try try a couple of things, impress the crowd, and then you can you can it, you can ease in a bit easy. Well, ease in a bit easy sounds stupid, but you know what I mean. You can, you can ease in more easily. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, Robbie Gotts, I would love to see him in the first team um, soon. Um, of course, uh, two were under 20 players, both Clark Adore and uh, Robbie Gotts have signed new deals at Leeds United, which is great. It makes a good change from what we've seen in the past uh, few years. Uh, Adore, only one and a half year contract that he signed, takes him to the, uh, until summer of uh, 2020. Uh, Gotts a three year deal, though, which is great. And yeah, like I said, it just makes makes a nice change from what we've been used to over the past few years. Well, I think Gotts is a Leeds lad. He's definitely from from Yorkshire, so uh, and I, I don't. I'm not certain about this, but I don't think Clackadore is. So I think that might be a fact. I think Clackadore be thinking, I'm was he 18, 19? If I don't if I don't break through into at least onto the bench of the first team by the time I'm twenty twenty one, I want to be moving on. Whereas Gotts is, is probably got a more long term view of thinking I want to play for this club. And we've been seeing him on the bench as well, where Odor we haven't. Yeah, Odor has not really been breaking through to the first team at all. I think Gotts has, has got three. I think he's been on the bench three times. Oh, he's not. He's not made an appearance, but he's he's been ready and waiting a bit. Uh, a bit like Clark, I think he figures that if he's on there enough, like Shackleton and Clark, he'll get he'll eventually get the nod. And that's he's. Um, you always see with players that are born from born in Leeds and York and Hull and places like that mm. that play for uh, that are in Leeds' youth academy. They're more willing to commit themselves to Leeds than players who are, haven't got any ties to the air, which is fair enough. I don't expect players to have absolute loyalty to Leeds if they're not from here and then they're not getting the opportunity. Yeah, By all means, right. move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. You'd imagine that a few of them would probably get a chance in the first team now with the uh, injury to Kemaru, of course, Leeds United uh, announcing it on Monday. We're kind of bubbling, you know, bubbling through on the uh, weekend. We got the picture of Kemaru in Lee Sit Centre, pictured with a fan. The fan saying that Kemaru told him that he's going to be out for a long time. We were really scared, really worried. Leeds United announced nothing, but uh, he, he had tests on a Monday and he's out with injury. Uh, high, highest goal scorer this season. Um, Injuring his uh, knee, knee ligaments. Uh, Leeds United didn't announce 
how long it would be, but it, it kind of indicates to me that it's going to be a long time. Phil said the absolute certain thing that the club have definitely said is they think he will play a game before the end of the season. But you know what Bielsa's is like with easing players back in from injuries, a bit tentative. So um, Although he has rushed a few players back. Bamford for one. And Ailing, they've both been rushed back, but everyone else, especially Brown, has been kind of, kind of a slow burn for getting into getting into the side. But yeah, there's a a Tyler Roberts or Izzy Brown shaped hole in our team now, and one of one of them will win it, win, win the opportunity. Um, it's, it's always great to have competition, but if if it's <laughs> there could be a bigger opportunity for Brown to get in this team. They're really this is is now or never for Brown. If if he can seize this opportunity and, and come into the team start scoring assisting goals then his loan spell will be worth it we'll, we might get up or we'll at least we'll at least make the um, make the playoffs I don't think we'll fall out of the playoffs at this point I think at minimum I think we can say now we are, we will make the playoffs it's whether or not we're going to be one of those two teams that makes the leap but uh, into the automatics but yeah Br- Br- this is Brown's opportunity or it could be Tyler Roberts who goes right I've I played far more minutes than Brown because Brown's never had a senior appearance. I've got the experience, and I'm going to take this opportunity and get back in the side, score a few goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tyler Roberts he impressed me a few times when he's played at number ten already. When he's come on, he's a classic player, a lot of skill. But, I mean, yeah, surely, surely it's Izzy Brown's time, though. You know, he's you'd think now with Roos injury, if Izzy Brown doesn't get that number ten role that Roos has been playing over the past few weeks, you can't really see a future for Izzy Brown at Leeds United. You'd think. Probably just a wasted Brown would never admit it because I think he's, he seems to be quite a nice bloke, but he he will see this injury as an opportunity. He, yeah. he, he he'll never admit that to, to, to even to the other other members of the squad, but or even at Bielsa. But he'll admit, I guarantee you, among his friends and family, he'll be saying, "Right, this is my opportunity. Yeah, definitely, I can seize this." Definitely, uh, but I mean, Roof is going to be a big miss. You know, it hasn't been as prolific, you know, the prolific goal scorer that we were used to seeing uh, back in December. Of course, for late goals against Aston Villa, against Blackburn, but he's going to be a big miss. You know, it's not just goals that he gives, but you know, he, he presses. He, he, you know, he leads that forward line. His movements great. His link up play is good. He's going to be a massive loss. His, his link up play is superb, and you could see him. Uh, shouting at Bamford to press uh, their uh, Swansea's goalkeeper at the Jack weekend. Harrison as well. He was shouting at Jack Harrison. To, he, he was saying, "Trust Alioski to mark the full, to mark the fullback. You come forward and, and have a run at the centre back." We need to press him as high as possible. You could see him ushering everybody forward. He was clearly leading the front line in, the, in a similar way to uh, Pontus Janssen leading the the back line. So he's clearly got some leadership skills there, and and. Um, it's going to be a big miss. You, you don't lose your top scorer for the season and it not be a big miss. That yeah. just doesn't happen. The the only positive we can take out of this is a bit like for Brown, Bamford. This is this is your time to shine, mate. If you can go on and score uh, eight or nine goals by the end of the uh, more goals at the end of the season and get up into the double figures, then I, we'll, we'll be we'll be all right. If he if he struggles a bit, we match we have, we might have to rely a bit more. On Pablo Hernandez, and enough strain is on his shoulders as it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, Cam Aruf is going to be a massive miss. It's time for Bamford to step up, but we can't afford him to get injured again. You know, he's, he's been out no. twice this season. We cannot afford to get Bamford injured again. Is this a thing, though? Should we have strengthened the striker department in the January transfer window? I mean, we have, we have Tyler Roberts, we have Bamford, we have Roof, but you know, with Bamford's injury record, and then if you know Cam Aruf or Tyler Roberts picked up an injury, should we have strengthened there just to? Give us that, you know, it, it, right? If someone's going to be out, we do have someone. I mean, I know the, the likes of Derby have like four hundred players, so they've always got someone spare to put in the put in the <laughs> team. It's just ridiculous how many players they've got. Yeah. But 
three strikers should be enough for a championship season. For any other club, it would be enough. You have the two. You have your, your main choice, which at the start of the season I think was Bamford, until he got uh, um, until he got injured, and then you've got Roof who who stepped in and did a marvelous job uh, up until this point, and then you've got Roberts as the kind of understudy who can come in if needed. Every club has that kind of setup. What every club doesn't have is our phenomenally stupid injury record this yeah, season. It just seems to be our, our, you know, our luck. I think it's season. 46 or 47 injuries this season. That is unprecedented for a for a team that's uh, three points off the top of the game in hand. <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems to be um, our bad luck this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely chances for Zee Brown there to get in the team. Tyler Roberts as well. Uh, but it's not all bad, though, at least for us fans. Uh, it's not good news if you're Andrea Rosani and you're getting £200,000 uh, out of your pocket uh, because of the uh, EFL. But the whole Spygate thing is now over. It's been drawn to a close. Uh, the thing that hasn't been st- talked, you know, hasn't uh, stopped being talked about for the past months uh, where what happened was someone uh, from Leeds United was caught uh, watching Derby County's training a day before uh, the Friday night game that we played against them at an Road, a game which Leeds United went on to win uh, 2-0 very convincingly. Uh, Fat Lampard, uh, the Derby County manager, and a number of other championship clubs complained to the EFL saying you need to investigate this and investigate the incident. Uh, and so they did. It's taken them until this week to come to that conclusion <laughs> Six weeks. about something so little it is absolutely unreal. Now, the EFL um, did release a statement a few weeks ago saying that they need longer. Uh, that frustrated me as it was on the eve of that big game away at Middlesbrough. Um, so it, it kind of, you know, I know that we end up getting a good point away from home, but. It did kind of distract uh, uh, all those fans away from that. And it was a statement that didn't tell us anything as well. It was a statement that said, all right, we've got nothing to announce. We, 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 just, need, we just need a bit longer. Uh, now, this one, this week, Legion United released. Essentially, the, the words to the effect of, <laughs> you can get lost. <laughs> yeah. But um, they, they released a statement. But, and Leeds have basically gone, right, this yeah. is... Uh, this I is mean, Leeds have just rung up and said, all right, we're fed up of talking about this. Just give us a price and we'll pay it just so we can move on. The, the EFL have said it essentially and I've got I'm in two minds about this because my, my first opinion was right that's not a huge price to pay to get to put this to bed we can focus on the league that's fine and my, my other opinion was kind of like the EFL have essentially extorted 200 grand out of us here for, uh, for breaking no rules they've essentially gone we won't go away unless you give us some money <laughs> yeah it's stupid but uh, the statement uh, that Leeds United uh, announced at least uh, um, said that uh, Leeds have thought to Breached Regulation 3.4, which uh, states that in all matters and, trans- and transactions relating to the league, each club shall behave towards each other, uh, club and the league, with the utmost good faith. Which is meaningless. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can see how we've kind of, you know, how we've kind of breached that regulation, but that regulation is to do with transfers. <laughs> that that uh, Swansea broke that regulation. <laughs> When they didn't give us Dan James after they after they agreed a, uh, a deal, yeah, that, that exactly. is that is brick, and they signed that stupid letter as well. That yeah. that letter to the EFL, they signed that letter, and then they've <laughs> and uh, the EFL have just they, they've they're grasping they're grasping at straws. Yeah, um, but at least they've been handed a two hundred thousand pound fine, no points deduction. <laughs> you can tell how stupid this is and how how we've broken no rules because oh yeah it's kind of weird that after we've been punished for this they're going to put a rule in place yeah (laughs) so you can tell there's no rule because if if there was a rule they wouldn't be putting a new rule in would they yeah they're putting a rule in so at least we handed a £200,000 fine no points deduction which I guess is a good thing in all of this but a bit steep a bit steep of a fine for me this I mean you you look at other clubs you know their fans being racist players being racist 
you know, diving, you know, small fines, you know, about £20,000. I mean, you look at um, Crystal, Crystal Palace, they got Cardiff City's uh, team lineup a few years ago before their game. What, £20,000 £20, fine? This is, you know, 100 times that. Well, the, um, a more serious one was I saw um, Sophie Levin on Twitter. Who's, if you follow her, if, you, uh, if you're a Leeds fan, she posts a lot of Leeds stuff. Sorry for the plug. <laughs> and Ed's going to have to go, I'll have a go at me after we get this. Yeah, um, she, she tweeted basically that Russia got fined 25k at the World Cup for racist chanting. We've been fined about eight times that. In fact, exactly eight times that uh, for nothing <laughs> yeah like that just shows you the standing on a path. fa's priorities and the efl's priorities when it comes to because have millwall been punished for that racist chanting yet a few weeks ago no, they haven't they haven't um it, it was tom gand tom Candiff who uh, who tweeted you know russia makes chanting twenty two thousand pound fine Leeds united standing on a public footpath where we've been fined two hundred thousand pounds it, it's ridiculous it, and you know say what you want about football clubs being able to afford it or peanuts even for a championship club but for me, that's a big chunk out of a possible transfer in the future. Well, you know? yeah, well, yeah. If you think about it, uh, we don't we don't have a player on on more than twenty grand a week, do we? No. So that's ten weeks' wages. That's that. <laughs> that's two and a half months' wages of of, of, of probably Bamford's wages, uh, which, is, which is a hefty chunk. Yeah, I mean, it should have never been a fine as well. Should have just been a slap on the wrist and told not to do it again. Um, the, the EFL know we're not going to complain though, because if we complain, it'll drag on. We want this over with, and they know that. Yeah. Um, Continuing statement, it says that Leeds have accepted new regulation by the EFL, which says that the clubs can't watch others train 72 hours before a game. That's silly as well. I'm kind of okay with, but why not just make it like you can't watch training at all? Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> and at all. Be, be, actually, it'd be hilarious if Bielsa just started sending people four days before to watch training. That'd be yeah. well funny. <laughs> um, there's plenty of other stuff uh, in the statement. Uh, go onto the Leeds United website and read it uh, uh, if you want. But that's just my opinion. Yes, a fine is much better than points deduction, but £200,000 uh, is, is, is very 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 uh, hefty I mean I shouldn't have even been uh, a fine it's just ridiculous we've, we've been fined £200,000 for standing on a public path and just <laughs> watching what's happening in front of us and there's no, we've broken no rules no rules no laws but, have been broken it, the thing is that we've mugged off the FA and we've mugged off the EFL and they've got to look like the big man because that, <laughs> that, that's what they, 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 they've got the public face the image they want to look like oh yeah we crack down on things it's just like, yeah. it's, which is pathetic uh, but they, 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 they just want to look like they're cracking down on something that all the moral high ground clambering morons on Sky and <laughs> I mean there's plenty of other stuff out there that's going wrong in football that you should be looking at Way not, worse just, stuff. not just not just us standing on a path looking at training um, for me I think it's because of EFL that they don't like us they don't like Leeds they want to keep us here because we we're you know we, we're bringing the money and the views and the interest for the EFL but that's another topic they got on, on, on another yeah it's, it's a debatable uh, conspiracy theory that one at best <laughs> yeah for me I, I'm full I'm full uh, on into that but yeah £200,000 fine for Leeds yes it's very very big but at least it's not point seduction um, but yeah, for, for me just ridiculous and same with you Charles as well cut your losses two fingers to the EFL in the summer when we go up <laughs> that'll be alright for me <laughs> yeah and then watch um, the, the guy who's was who's left the EFL board Sean Harvey yeah watch, watch For, him. former chairman of Leeds United and low life <laughs> watch him go to Premier League now we'll, we'll go up and he'll be like alright join the Premier League board then. He, not just uh, Leeds hate him Aston Villa hate him as well all the clubs that have been kind of screwed over by this you know this new TV deal that uh, gives championship clubs uh, 20 pence for 
being bigger than Brighton and Crystal Palace. <laughs> and I say that with extreme amounts of bitterness. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the championship clubs aren't happy about giving getting given no money for dra- dragging more views than the tin pot clubs in the Premier yeah. League. I'm looking at you, Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just an absolute mess, uh, really. But um, yeah, that's it. Spygate over with. Don't. Lying under it, we can just move on and uh, focus on. Never other speak things. about it again, ever. Focus <laughs> on other things like our promotion. Um, let's get on to um, the game this weekend then. Uh, Leeds United taking on Bolton Wonders this Saturday with 3 pm kickoff. Uh, first of three games in six days, which is just mental. You speak about the Christmas period, but this is like another Christmas period. Thank you very much, Queen's Park Rangers, yet again. You couldn't just get knocked out, could you, lads? Yeah. In, in, in the fourth round, like, like every other championship club. <laughs> You're not going to win the FA Cup. You're not going to win the FA Cup. Well, just... As proven by the fact, they got knocked out in the game at the weekend. <laughs> You're not going to win the FA Cup, so cheers, QPR. Uh, but looking at what Tony Drigo said um, in the first interview that we played, uh, saying uh, that he thinks that we're going to give a team a hiding. Reckon it'll be this weekend? No. We don't give any team a hiding. <laughs> we, we give a few teams a hiding. Um, what, Preston? Uh, years ago, Burton mate. Years ago. <laughs> Preston this season. It feels like years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully it is this weekend. I think this game, anything but a 5-0 win, I'll be unhappy with. <laughs> Your standards are way too high, mate. If we win this game 1-0, I will not be bothered. I will I will not care. But we need to get the goal difference up, though. We yeah. need to get the goal difference Yeah, we up. need to hammer this lot 3-0, but we won't. <laughs> I'm, I'm a realist, mate. I'm a realist. All I care about are the three points. The thing is, though, goal difference is meaningless if you have more points than people around you. Yeah. That should be our priority. But goal difference does seem to be a kind of big factor. If we win season. every game to the end of the season, no matter what Norwich or Sheffield United or West Brom do, we will win the league. Yeah, but that's... that's We're it. not going to do that, but... <laughs> it's, it's a very big accident and a very uh, tough ask. But Bolton, they've just won one game in the, in the last six... Until now. In the now. last nine championship <laughs> games, only won six games... Uh, all season they're one of the worst teams in the in the uh, divisions I mean seeing them last week yesterday against Norwich but they Knock were awful <laughs> <laughs> they, they were awful um, but a very winnable, winnable game this and we need to win this not just stay up at the top but you know it's a perfect game to get that good that, that goal difference up for me the annoying thing is even if we win this game we're playing at the same time as everyone else so if everyone else wins we'll still be three points behind everyone <laughs> uh, on the bright side Norwich and Sheffield United both have hard games. Norwich have got Bristol City, the form team in Europe at the moment, I think, in the, in the league yeah. at home. And Sheffield United have got West Brom, which, if if the football gods are on our side, will be a draw. Uh, so as long as we beat Bolton Wanderers, we must. We, if, honestly, if we don't beat Bolton Wanderers, we don't deserve to be the top two. No. Just, they're if, awful. If we can't beat Bolton, we don't. We deserve to be relegated because Bolton <laughs> really are one of the worst teams um, in division. They're, I mean, sho- they're shocking. They were shocking at, at their yeah. place. And I mean, you know, but if Norwich can go away Bolton last Saturday and win four four nil, um, then you know, another results on Saturday. You know, Sheffield United four nil as well. If these teams can win that, we we should be beating Bolton. We, we need to. The thing is, what, what Norwich do is they always score the first half goals. Like they, they, they scored in the first minute against Bolton, and the, uh, from that point, the game's over. Bolton are down. Yeah. Uh, if, if if Leeds, like the, the Swans game, we went two 0 up. We never thought we were going to drop points in that game, did we? I mean, up until about the 88th minute. Cheers, Luke. Um, <laughs> but we never. <laughs> uh, our, our record from winning positions is uh, is, it, is it 14, 14 and zero. We, we we've won. I don't know why I stumbled, stumbled there. We've won every single game. We've gone uh, ahead in. We've, we've not dropped a single point. No. So as long as we score first, we'll be fine. Yeah, and uh, and uh, as long as we don't concede a stupid set piece, that that will really wind me up. 
if we, yeah. if, if we can see if Alioski just legs someone up on the edge of the box and they whip a ball in and some just don't give away a penalty so, some league one giant nods it past Casilla I'm going to be fuming yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be fuming as well if, <laughs> you know, if we concede against Bolton I'll be fuming if we lose against Bolton I'll be even more fuming but yeah for me we need to win this and we need to win this convincingly get that goal difference up get the three points and uh, stay up near the top and um, you know some, you know, cement our make our promotion chances even bigger Um Part of that window, and if we win this, two wins in a row, we go on to Q- Queen's Park Rangers away on the Tuesday night, which is very winnable as well. QPR, they've just lost their seventh game in a row. Middlesbrough away this weekend, that could make it eight losses in a row. We go on to Tuesday night, we could make it nine losses in a row for them. So, you know, if we go on to Queen's Park Rangers on Tuesday night, very winnable game, that's going to be their what, fourth game in about 10 days as well. Um, so, if we win that, who knows what kind of one we could go on. The best teams to play are the ones with inconsistent form because the teams that are in good form obviously turn up and play well. But the teams in bad form, they've got to turn it around at some point and that could be against you. The inconsistent teams like Swansea, you, where you don't know who's going to turn up, they're usually the ones that get turned over because they, they, uh, when, they, when they turn up at Ellen Road. It's, <laughs> but there's no excuses here. There's, there's nothing you can say we should be beating this lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, lineups for you then. Who would you play? Roof, of course, out injured. Um, yeah, who, who would you who would you play in that number ten role? It's a tough question. That is, it's um, it's a game you'd love to see Izzy Brown start, but I think it'll be Tyler Roberts, and I, I wouldn't mind Tyler Roberts starting. Yeah, neither would I at all, and that's. I think everywhere everywhere else going to be unchanged. Jack Clark. Yeah, what, don't know whether he's going to be backing up. He's not. He's not uh, done full training this week, so he won't be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tyler Roberts, I won't mind if he's number ten. Uh, score predictions then for the last game with uh, the uh, Swansea game. We predicted two one, both me and you. So we got that correct. We we, every, well, <laughs> we should start giving out lottery numbers, mate. We predict <laughs> predict it correctly every week. We predicted the middles room. <laughs> so yeah, so let's predict something. Then it's, it's got to come out right. Come on. Two 0 leads. Two 0 leads. First clean sheet for Casilla. First clean sheet in about ten games. Yeah. I think it's two 0 leads. I, I reckon we'll get a clean sheet. I don't. I don't think Bolton will score. They seem to just not have any attacking uh, presence at all, really. Sammy um, Amiobi, mate. Sammy Amiobi. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five nil leads. <laughs> what you've scored now? <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five nil leads. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, five nil leads. I want. I want a five nil. I want a, you know, a lot of goals. I want a lot of goals in this game. It's a perfect opportunity to do I'd, so. I'd, I'd love to see us hammer somebody. Yeah, I, I would love to see us hammer someone as well. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go five nil to Leeds United. That, that's uh, my score prediction. Hopefully, United can do it. And uh, yeah, who knows? Going on to West Brom. Um, Looking forward to that one. Yeah, West Brom on the Friday night. Um, and if we win this one, win the winnable game against the Queen's Park Rangers. We're coming to that great form, three, back three wins in a row. Who knows? Well, hopefully not be tired, though. Yeah, who, who knows um, what could happen. Uh, but that brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, thank you very much for uh, listening, as always. Uh, thank you to Charles, as always, for joining me. Cheers. Yeah, really, really do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, like I said, thanks to everyone who's uh, downloading and listening. Really do appreciate it. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please do it. Five-star review on iTunes. Please, please do it <laughs> if you can. Uh, also, don't forget to follow All Things Leeds on uh, all our social media pages. Subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel if you have not already. Now, we'll be back uh, next week, so make sure you listen. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you later.